Hello all, guys, gals, and non-binary pals. Welcome to the newest episode of the Noobs and Knockouts podcast taped on Twitch and brought to you on YouTube, on Spotify, on Google and Apple Podcasts. I'm Austin. I'm a knockout. Watch a lot of wrestling. I'm David. I'm a noob. Haven't watched nearly as much wrestling, and I am your resident Nyla Rose reply guy. Uh, yes, unfortunately, yes, that you have been. Uh, you did get Nyla Rose to reply Senpai to you. I noticed me. This is a few weeks late. But fucking, I think it was during Revolution, Senpai noticed me. Um, Pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah, or no, wait. No, it was, it was, I think it was, it was the, the Dynamite, dynamite before. before. It was the Dynamite before, yeah. Fucking Nyla Rose tweets out a graphic about Ring of Honor is all elite. And I replied, like, like, damn, did you have, just, did you just, like, have this graphic ready to go? And she's like, and she replied to me, she's like, Ashley, no. And then her reply ratioed me, and I got, I was like, of course. God damn it, fine. I replied that she didn't reply to me about when she immediately had HLA is all elite ready. Yeah, because she, she already uh, replied Revolution. to the Noobs and Knockouts podcast once about whether or not her graphics are pre-prepared. Yep. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> so <laughs> tonight we are going to watch an episode of Monday Night Raw, and I can't wait to talk uh, about what that's going to be. Fucking hell. Why but, are we doing this again? Because I thought it would be, at, I'll tell you why we're going to do it, actually, is because when I initially thought we were going to record this episode, it would have been the 22 year anniversary of the week when that at this episode aired on Raw. Ah, uh, I see. But this we have delayed till now, and but just, that is why we're also going to start this podcast because the day is this is recording on March 15th, and that's a day after uh, the death of Scott Hall. Yeah. So we're going to, before we get into our stupid shenanigans of the day, uh, would like to talk a little bit about Scott Hall uh, because he passed away at the age of 63 um, this week. And he's, uh, it, I don't, I didn't really want to do a full uh, tribute episode with Scott because the way we did with Brody, because Brody was a rest, an active wrestler that I knew a lot about and could adequately put together an episode for. But I do want to talk about Scott Hall now. And, you know, Scott Hall, he, his big claim to fame was basically in the AWA in the late 80s. He was in a tag team with Mr. Perfect, Kurt Hennig. Um, and then he came to the WWF as Razor Ramon, the bad guy. <laughs> and we've seen a bit of him on this show is, is Razor Ramon. And a uh, fun story about Razor Ramon is that basically if it kind of feels like he's doing a Scarface knockoff, it's because he was. He is. Yep. And allegedly, Vince McMahon had never seen Scarface. And so he didn't realize that's what Scott Hall was doing and thought Scott Hall was just a creative genius. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Still so hilarious to me. that yeah. I'm not surprised either Vince McMahon never comes the fuck out of his bubble. Mm -hmm. Oh, such a good story. Yes. <clears throat> but then he... In 96, we have talked about this aplenty mm -hmm. on this podcast. In 1996, he jumps to WCW. He start kicks off the NWO angle with his all-time classic promo. You know, you, you know who I am, but you don't know why I'm here. <clears throat> and he basically spends the rest of his major career in WCW um, as Scott Hall as part of the NWO and the Wolf and the NWO Wolf Pack and the Outsiders and all that, and then he does have a, br a brief run back in the WWE when they buy out 
WCW and they bring back the NWO in 2002. And then after that, he kind of steps away <clears throat> for the most part. Short run in TNA too, I think. Mm-hmm. And like, I, I'll bring up, uh, you know, all the great, some great moments and matches for Scott Hall. Uh, but I want to also bring up, before we do, I bring up kind of like his, how like, his story is also one of like, it's one of the great, I think it's one of the great comeback stories in wrestling because mm-hmm. especially during his main career, like his drug and alcohol addictions were a consistent problem to the point that literally WCW made a character out of it. Last call, Scott Hall, where Ooh. he was a drunk on TV. Oh God. oh God, It was not good but it was always been a problem for him. And he was kind of like one of those wrestlers that, you know, as someone who got in at 2012, you know, when he was still kind of like known for just being a drug addict these days, like he was one of those wrestlers you kind of just thought was going to die from drug related reasons. And he'd be another tragedy within the wrestling business. And while, 63 is still probably a bit too young to be dying. You know, it's, he got a lot of years from himself, uh, had a lot of years left and he turned it around because of the help of DDP, Diamond Dallas Page. You know, they, they got, became friends when they were in WCW and DDP, he kind of opened his home to Scott Hall the same way that he had the DDP did to Jake Roberts. And he gave uh, Scott Hall a support system and a way to kind of get clean and got him on the DDP yoga to kind of get his body back right. And like the last 10 years of his life, he got to like his legacy was kind of I'm not necessarily fixed because even if he had died younger, he still would have had a legacy as a wrestling uh, character. But it kind of allowed him to kind of like be healthy enough to be in the get the WWE Hall of Fame and start doing interviews and appearances and autograph and cons and all that stuff again. And he kind of got to like he I think I saw someone on Reddit put is it like DDP gave Scott Hall the chance to do a victory lap is I think the way they put it. And I kind of agree with that. And he's and like Scott Hall was famously like such a sweet guy. And so like from I am more I am more so happy. I'm just really happy that also that like he got this chance to kind of get himself clean mm-hmm. from the tail end of his life and kind of overcome his demons. Yeah. I mean, for me, the thing I mean, there is there mm-hmm. is that uh there there's that side to him, and it, it's 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 an incredible comeback story. And mm-hmm. from the minute you told me kind of about his history with all that, it was it was um you know, over it, it was it was it was overwhelmingly awesome to to hear like oh my god here's one of the wrestlers that didn't have to become like a tragic statistic he he made it through and you know thanks to the help of someone like DDP who was just a phenomenal friend to him that that's always been something I've associated with him ever since you kind of told me about that and it's it's mm-hmm. one of the most inspiring things you could ever one of the one of the kind of best stories come out of this interview you could hear. But also the thing for me is kind of kind of through the lens of my increasing wrestling <laughs> fandom and how we've done this show is uh, he 
because I remember we first encountered him as Razor Ramon when we were doing our new generation angle. I'm like, ah, this guy's kind of fun and goofy, whatever. And then we did the WCW angle, and he showed up and did the you know who I am, but you don't know why I'm here promo. And I remember that being one of the things on this show that just unequivocally blew my mind. Like that is that is up there as one of the most iconic things I have ever watched. Uh as part of this show i think that that ranks up there with the very first episode we watched the mark henry like mm-hmm. retirement fake out just because i wasn't used to like swerves as a concept and then the pipe bomb promo and then then you want a war you got one promo and he in that moment in it, to to my mind i think i went through what pretty much every other wrestling fan of the day who was watching wcw went through of he went from this guy who seemed cool and fun and pretty good at what he did to an icon in an instant because he did that. And it's so wild to me how just one guy, one guy, any one random guy in this industry can have one moment that propels them into eternal icon status. And Scott Hall was one of those people. Scott Hall is now one of amongst wrestling fans one of the most famous, most well-regarded wrestlers in all of history, thanks to that. And he will forever live in my mind as one of the iconic pillars of the history of this, of this, you know, quote-unquote, sport. The, right. the, man, and- the, the, man, the man who, who started the NWO, one of the, probably the most famous and most prolific storylines in all of wrestling history Mm -hmm. and like it's kind of nuts how many like important matches that scott hall was a part and moments and instances that scott hall was a part of and Mm -hmm. i have a list here of some of his biggest matches that worth kind of thinking about going back and watching but like WrestleMania 10, when he faced Shawn Michaels in a ladder match, that was the first time a ladder match had ever happened in the WWF on TV. And that kind of exploded the concept for people. And then obviously the NWO promo Mm -hmm. kind of catapulting the kind of the next wave of popularity for wrestling with the NWO angle. And by the way, a story that is kind of not, that is passed around a bit here is that, Scott Hall was the inspiration for Sting to become the Crow. Yeah, I heard that. Yes, is that when, uh, you know, Sting, you know, if we've seen him on this show a lot, we've now, I don't think we've ever really done an arc where Sting is his black face paint emo. No, we haven't. We have For the rest of his career. But Scott Hall pitched him the idea like, hey, you ever seen the Crow? He's kind of this dark, mysterious kind of character. And again, the crow is supernatural. Sting wasn't, but mm-hmm. Sting took that aesthetic and like, that's what Sting's known for. Sting has kept that aesthetic the entire rest of his career. Yeah. And him, when he was like face paint, colorful face paint boy was still extremely successful. He won yeah. the world championship in WCW under that gimmick, but the, the black and white moody emo face paint sting is what he's known for. And you, Scott Hall can take credit for that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so kind of a, a quick list of some matches that I think that like, if you're really, I took this from uh, um, uh, some, a picture on Reddit. And so if I have 
the if I know who it if I know um, of the match and there's any interesting context to give, I will give it. Um, but so the match they list here is kind of uh, Scott Hall and Ric Flair versus Randy Savage and Mr. Perfect from Survivor Series 1992. That was Scott Hall's. That was a uh, Razor Ramon's big debut. Uh, Scott Hall versus Bret Hart for the WWF title at Royal Rumble 93. Uh, Scott Hall versus Bob Backlund at WrestleMania 9. Scott Hall versus the 1-2-3 Kid on Raw in June of 93. That was actually the birth of the 1-2-3 Kid as a kid. Because the 1-2-3 Kid was a jobber, and he he was known as The Kid, or they had gave him some silly nickname. And then he beat Scott Hall on Raw, in an upset, and so he became the one, two, three kid. Yeah, and then versus Rick Martel in September of '93 on Raw. Shawn Michaels, the ladder match at WrestleMania 10, obviously. Uh, versus uh, Scott Hall uh, versus Diesel at SummerSlam '94. We watched that one. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, I forgot we did. So much interference from from uh, you know you had a oh what who was that running back trying to enforce the rules? Oh shit! Uh, and didn't yeah. do it well at all. No, nope. <laughs> actually. Ref, ref, where are you at? Ref. Yeah. Uh, uh, Ray, uh, Razor Ramon versus Jeff Jarrett at Royal Rumble 95. Razor Ramon versus Shawn Michaels ladder match again at SummerSlam 95. Razor Ramon versus Vader and In Your House 7. Uh, we have Kevin, uh, the the tree, the triple threat, the tree, excuse me, the six man match at Bash of the Beak 96 mm. with Kevin Nash against Sting, Randy Savage, and Lex Luger. Uh, the War Games match of not fall brawl 1996, where it's um, Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, Hulk Hogan, and NWO Sting. That's a thing. Uh, you, it makes sense in the story. Versus uh, Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, Lex Luger, and Sting. Uh, <laughs> the Outsiders versus Harlem Heat at Halloween Havoc 96. Uh, the Outsiders versus the Steiners at Super Brawls 8. Uh, Hall, Scott Hall versus Sting at Uncensored 98. Uh, Scott Hall versus Hiroshi Tanahashi in New Japan in September 2001. Wow. Uh, Hulk Hogan, Kevin Nash, and Scott Hall versus Stone Cold and The Rock on Raw in March oh. of 02. Fuck, okay. They just did that? They just did Stone Cold and The Rock versus the NWO on Raw? That's insane. And then his last really big significant match, Stone Cold versus uh, um, uh, Scott Hall at WrestleMania 18. Fucking nice. And then, of course, on top of that, you also have uh, The Resurrection of Jake the Snake Roberts is a documentary that is obviously primarily about Jake Roberts. But it also features, talks about Scott Hall, too. It's all part, it's all part of that story of them, like, coming into DDT under DDP's care and getting clean and all that. So if you'd like to see more of like Scott Hall's recovery and comeback story, the resurrection of Jake, the snake Roberts is a good documentary for that. And then honestly, his WWE hall of fame speech is pretty sweet. Oh yeah. I watched that yesterday. I watched that, you know, when, uh, when news mm -hmm. was going around, that he was going to be taken off life support. And I mean, that final line, I think, I think that's kind of the things about him is, even if even if uh, Razor Ramon as a character wasn't the most you know technically original concept, mm -hmm. uh, you do have to give it to him. This was a man who clearly understood how to engage with the crowd, and you can see that time and again in his career, and engage with people in general based on 
some of the phenomenal things people had to say about him. Like, you know, he, mm-hmm. he came up with, he came up with the Razor Ramon idea and instead of making it like a really fucking dumb Scarface parody, like kind of made it his own thing. And it was awesome. He was mm-hmm. the one who led the charge of the NWO with that phenomenal promo. He was the one that gave Sting the Crow the idea or the Crow idea. Um, he in it, it, he helped popularize the latter match. He was also such a good in ring worker. This is a clearly mm-hmm. a very dynamic man, and yep. it and above all, I think it feels really cool to see somebody who had the brain to be as good as as good at this shit as he was. Really get the prizes he deserved out of having that skill set, mm-hmm. and you know, even get to come to his own kind of personal happy end being saved from the brink of self-destruction. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, hard work pays off and dreams do come true. true. Bad guys don't last. Bad, bad times, times don't last, don't last but bad, bad guys, guys do. do. Yeah, I mean, and, and that line, that line is what really clinches it of, of like, he just, he he said that and now that's a line that I'm sure with his passing is going to become immortal. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I'm so happy, you know, we got to cover the, like, one of the things that brought him into icon status during his lifetime um, on this show. And it, because it, it feels cool, I think, to know who this man was uh, upon his passing in order to properly tribute him. Mm-hmm. Yep. So rest in peace, Scott Hall. And now... We move on to our regularly scheduled uh, programming today. Far less dignified. No, okay. So we, I have, ca- I have mentioned in passing on this podcast that mo- that wrestling pregnancy angles only ever go two ways. It's either a real pregnancy, in which case, obviously, a woman it happens, birth, duh, uh, or it's a fake pregnancy. And it's just kind of an excuse to eventually have a miscarriage. (sighs) And on some level, you get that, right? Like trying to do a fake pregnancy, a real, trying to do a kayfabe pregnancy has a lot of issues. You know, an alternative, if I may, what if you just didn't do fake pregnancy? That was in fact what I was getting to is what if we simply didn't do storylines where someone was pregnant? Thank you. However, there is one shining beacon of an exception to this storyline, to this, to this, you know, thesis. Why? Mae Young, our favorite horny geriatric. I do, I do love me some, some May. I will give you that. I do really love me some May Young. It is the year 2000 and we are watching Monday Night Raw. The one where Mae Young gives birth. And I'm not going to say how that goes, but I can assure you, whoever you think is going to happen probably isn't it. What the fuck? So, this is it's the year 2000. WWE is flying high, man. Like, yeah. they have never had a better year in their goddamn lives in terms of both being both critically and financially extremely successful. Yeah, and they're and they're watching their competition sink into the fucking abyss. Yep, we are uh, on WCW side. We're about a month off from them literally stripping everybody of every single title and just starting over. Yay! And then getting bought out in just a year or two, anyway. Yep. So what 
This episode of Raw is the February 28th, 2000 episode of Raw, which is conveniently the Raw after their most recent pay-per-view, No Way Out. So nice. I'm just going to tell you what happened at No Way Out and kind of explain the storylines that led into that. It'll go there. Okay, it works for me. So instead of starting with the main event or something, let's start with the thing. Let's start with this May Young thing. Christ. <laughs> get it out of the way. Oh, so May Young is pregnant. Who's the daddy? It's a good question. Daddy <laughs> oh, no. is Mark Henry. I'm sorry, what? You see, at this point in time, Mark Henry was sexual chocolate. <laughs> yeah, I've wondered about that angle. Sure. Uh, basically, the rumors I've heard was that is that about this is that basically they gave Mark Henry a big fat fucking contract when he originally signed with the WWF. And then they realized, wait, he's green as shit and sucks. Then we are paying him too much money. What if oh, we gave God. him stupid storylines and got him to quit? <laughs> wait, what? That's the, I don't, I don't remember the full details of that. That is the rumor I'd heard about this, Let's about why that. he was sexual chocolate. But it's like he was basically the ultimate a ladies man. And one of those ladies was he had sex with Mae Young and Mae Young got pregnant. Oh boy. Oh no. I'm do sure not, everyone do not is question very the fact that Mae Young is in her 70s and has thus definitely gone through menopause by now. Look, Mae Young is a, is a fucking virile cougar. She can go. She she can go for 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 decades and never quite hit that that menopause button. Okay, clearly. Yeah. So, May Young is and Mark Henry are an item, and the the funny thing is is May Young has not done anything different than she usually does. Actually, uh-huh. she's still going around being May Young, but Jr's is now like, come on, May, you're with child. Don't do this. <laughs> jr how many times has jr called her a jezebel uh none Did oh i called her a jezebel oh thank god small little little graces oh boy uh then he mark henry beat viscera you know the former big daddy v the future big daddy v i should say and i don't know viscera is still recovering from being part of undertaker's dumb demon cult oh, so god. he's just a big boy right now Fair enough. But yeah, so Mark Henry beat Visser at the pay-per-view. So now let's cover the other shit. Uh, Triple H defeated Cactus Jack in a Hell in a Cell title versus career match for the WWF Championship. Oh, shit. There's a lot of moving parts to this. So first, Triple H is the WWF Champion, and he is with Stephanie McMahon, as, and they are the McMahon-Helmsley regime. Ah, Vince has been pushed out of the picture and Stephanie and Triple H are the evil owners of the company right now. If I had a nickel right for every now. time Triple H usurped Vince McMahon uh, in on-screen leadership, I'd have two nickels, which isn't a lot, but it's weird that it happened twice, right? Yep. All right. So time to talk about another squeaky storyline on this podcast again, but oh, this is a lot better than the another other one. Ones. Another one with, with fucking Triple H too. God damn it. Thankfully, this one is a lot better than the other ones we've talked about because it is retconned. I'll explain the full explanation. So, in the fall of 1999, 
Stephanie was was uh, engaged to be wed to Test. You know Test. We've seen him a few times by now. Oh, okay. Test was kind of getting over as a big time baby face, and Triple H said, "Nah, how about no? How about how about we don't do it? How about wh- how how did Triple H say that? Well, because he, this storyline completely derails Test for the rest of his career. Uh oh. <laughs> so basically, they're engaged to be married, and we do the wedding angle on screen. And again, you don't all wet wrestling weddings go wrong. Oh God. And here's how this one went wrong at the marriage ceremony. They get to the part like who objects and out comes triple H and triple H explains that Stephanie McMahon cannot be wed to test because Stephanie McMahon is already married. And we roll the footage of Triple H and Stephanie, who is clearly unconscious, in a car, going doing a drive-through wedding in Vegas. And Triple H, he fakes, he fakes talking for Stephanie when necessary, but he drugged Stephanie and then married her. <laughs> and then and, and a drive-through wedding. And then Triple H in his big wham line was like, and don't worry, Vince, we made sure to consummate the marriage. So, so this is now two storylines. In the early 2000s. If you had a nickel for every time we had to do a Triple H storyline involving sexual assault, you'd have two nickels. I can't even say it's weird that that happened twice because it's Vince. If anything, it's weird that it only happened twice. Well, no, three times. The Kane Lita thing, too. We already talked True. about True. I guess, well, I'm counting Triple H only, but sure. Yeah, okay. If we're not counting Triple H, there's a lot more sexual assault angles to be had than just those three but you know that's neither here nor there but as i as i alluded to this was retconned uh basically stephanie turned heel on her dad and joined triple h and thus it when it was retconned that it was all part of a scheme that stephanie tote was not sex was not drugged and forcibly married and raped by triple h no that was all consensual all part of an evil scheme. She got consensually drugged. Oh, she was just faking it. Was the uh, was the gum? Okay, yes, but but basically the idea was is that uh, I have casually mentioned it on this show. I mentioned it a few minutes ago. Triple uh, Vince McMahon's with uh, excuse me, uh, the Undertaker's demon cult, demonic cult, and the big angle from that cult was. They tried to, they kidnapped and tried to marry Stephanie so that Undertaker could get control of the company. What? And it was revealed that the true leader of this group was Vince McMahon, who was doing all this as an excuse to fuck with Steve Austin. And the thing is, is that none of Vince's family was in on the, on the bit. Stephanie didn't know that this was all a scheme by her dad. So when she learned that it's all a scheme by her dad, she was like, actually, you know what, dad? Fuck you. I'm pushing you out of the company and taking over. 
which truthfully, she can join Johnny Mundo with the most reasonable heel turns of all time, really? Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. So after she was like, remember when you let your co-workers kidnap me, dad? <laughs> what the fuck is this story? You can you can tell this is around the time Vince was like, I want to make I want to make the backstage segments more like a soap opera. Because like, holy shit, what is this plotting? What is this overly complicated, weirdly incest pervy fucking telenovela that we're being subjected to watch on the side of wrestling? Pretty fucking weird, not gonna lie. Yeah, what's uh, But in the end, Triple H and Stephanie are married. They're evil, waha, running the company. And then they have he wait, is been... Vince the relative good guy here? Yes. Go fuck yourselves. What the hell? So anyway. Uh Cac they've been fighting Cactus Jack, who Mick Foley brought back that persona to fight Triple H at the Royal Rumble for the title. Uh Triple H won. Okay. And then Mick Foley was like, listen, the only thing I have left I want to do in my career is main event WrestleMania. And the only way I'm going to do that is to beat you. So I want one more chance. And Triple H is like, you're on. But uh, if you lose, you have to retire. And so they have their match and Triple H wins. So Cactus uh, Jack has to retire. Wait, wait. Point of, point of uh, clarification. Does... Cactus Jack have to retire, or does Mick Foley have it's to It's implied it has to be Mick Foley entirely. Damn it! Listen, he, this is not Mick Foley's retirement. I Spoilers was wondering about that. Uh, okay, so that's that. The next match is Big Show versus The Rock to determine the number one contender for the WWF Championship at WrestleMania 2000. So, at the Royal Rumble, The Rock wins the Royal Rumble, except... except uh, they botched the ending, so The Rock accidentally has his feet touch the ground. <laughs> and so, <laughs> technically, uh... Big Show should have been called the rightful winner. And in fact, Big Show went on a whole crusade point. They, they weaved in the botch into the storyline, where Big Show's like, hey, hey, wait a minute. Rock's feet were down. I won. I should be going to WrestleMania. Oh, my God. And because The Rock is The Rock, basically, all he had to do was, yeah, well, you're a whiny little bitch. And everybody agreed with The Rock. <laughs> <laughs> the Rock says literally anything. <laughs> Everyone else. Arr, 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 arr. Basically. Oh, God. The fucking, the, the, the poisonous abilities you have when you're just that over. God damn it. Mm -hmm. What the fuck? <laughs> But then they have the match to determine who is the number one contender. And uh, Shane McMahon showed up to screw The Rock out of the out of the match and got Big Show the win. What? So Big Show's going to WrestleMania. Okay. That's kind of right. dope. Yeah. And then next next match we have is we have a six-man tag match between two cool, that is Rikishi, Scotty Too Hottie, and Grandmaster Sexay versus the Radicals, which was Chris Benoit, Dean Malenko, and Perry Saturn. 
Okay. So the quick answer for too cool was basically they were just these two dudes who hip hop danced and they were over as shit. Okay. <laughs> because it's the year two thousand. And everyone loves that 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 hip hop dancing. They are very they're very fun characters, but there's not a lot to them to yeah, talk about. Fair, fair enough. Now let's talk about the radicals. So the radicals, um, basically, to, they are kind of used. They're kind of propped up a lot as like symbolic of how where WCW was at the time, because basically all at once, five of W of WWF's of WCW's biggest stars that weren't like established names all wanted to leave. That's okay. Benoit, Malenko, Perry Saturn, Eddie Guerrero, and Shane Douglas. Oh, shit. And they all combined, conspired together to leave and go to WWF. WWF said, uh, we like all of you except Shane Douglas. So they're like, okay, bye, Shane. Fuck you. We're leaving. Wow. <clears throat> go fuck yourself. You can keep yelling about the franchise over in WCW for all we care. Jesus, okay. But then the Radicals, they debuted on Raw by like sitting in the front row and apparently disrupting the show. And in fact, and D D JR just yelled into his goddamn, this entire first man's like, these, these radical gentlemen, these, these radicals. Where it was like, dude, you're really trying to push through that's their name, huh? Yeah. Uh -huh. But whatever, they show up and cause havoc and it is revealed. And this is something that gets forgotten a lot. I mean, the history of these characters is that they were brought in as invited guests of Cactus Jack. Oh. Okay. So they show up and they're like, hey, uh, we would like jobs, please. And and Triple H is like, you know what? You really interrupted my show and I'm not, I don't like that. So you're all going to have to win a bunch of matches on SmackDown if you want jobs. Isn't that technically giving them a job anyway? I mean, if you can have a wrestler on AEW who's had like 59 matches who isn't technically signed to your company. <laughs> Wait, is this is is that is, who who is that is that who is that? Wardlow. I was making Ward a joke about Wardlow oh, and what his okay. character is supposed to oh, be. Oh, okay, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> I mean, he has a job technically. Sure, sure. Uh, then they have their matches on SmackDown, but they don't succeed, and so <clears throat> it seems like they're not going to have a job, except. After they lose, Triple H cuts them a backroom deal where he says, I'll give you jobs anyway if you betray Cactus Jack. And they're like, we love you, man. But also, we like need money. money. So, like so they turn heel on Cactus Jack. And now they are in the company as the Radicals. Thank you, JR, for really getting that over in a very yeah. subtle way. All right, now we got X-Pac versus Kane in a oh, no-holds-barred match. Holy okay. shit. Uh, this is one of Kane's weirder storylines that don't involve sexual assault. Thank God. So, Kane, at this point, is again a big old baby. At this point, a big old baby face. Yay! And X-Pac was his friend. He, they even, they even like hint teased at the idea of Kane joining Degeneration X and getting like a green and black outfit. That is hysterical. Would have been sweet. I um, love that. But and he has a girlfriend. Kane has a girlfriend, Tori. What? Oh, nice. 
And then X-Pac betrays him and steals his girlfriend uh, and shoots a flamethrower in Kane's face. Uh, uh. And so Paul Bear has come back to support Kane and help him through this difficult time of losing a girlfriend to X-Pac, of losing his girlfriend to X-Pac. Noted. And, uh, you know, it's the year 2000 because Jay, because Jim, Jerry Lawler is very comfortable using the R word on commentary, calling oh, Kane the big red. Oh, no, no. Jerry Lawler, man of class and tact. Fuck you. Yeah. So they have a no holds barred match and X-Pac wins. Of course he does. Oh, wait. Yeah, I'm actually fine with either outcome. Mm-hmm. All right, then the next match it was a Taz versus oh, hey. the big, the big boss man. Uh, this is kind of Taz kind of showing up for the first time in the WWF, coming in at start coming in only a month earlier and and at the Royal Rumble 2000, nice. and immediately they don't really know what to do with Taz. I mean. It's pretty obvious. You 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 get the human suplex machine. You ha- you have them. You, you you have them do a lot of suplexes. Ah, uh, but you see, here's the problem with that, David. <laughs> is I'm taller than Taz. Oh no! So, oh no! He's short. No! Short boy can't be suplex guy. So that's just he's, not gonna work. He's short. No! Fuck you! Fuck you! Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. God damn this company. Holy so, shit. So, like, to be to- to be upfront and fair and balanced, TMC and R. Uh, <laughs> Tacit also, like, had a lot of neck injuries that were starting to catch up to him. So, like, I don't know how much more he could have gotten accomplished in WWF anyway. Okay. But they also didn't try very hard to, oh, like, put him cool. in a position to succeed. Nice. And as, a po- and as a proof of that, this Taz versus the Big Boss Man match goes 47 seconds when it, Prince Albert, who is just a big, hairy, big guy, attacks Taz. So this goes sure. 47 seconds. Sure. All right, the next match is Edge and Christian and the Hardy Boys for it to determine the number one contender for the Tag Team Championships. I mean, do I really need to explain to the audience here, Edge and Christian and the Hardy Boys? Particularly, no. I mean, like they're basically just four dudes who were really cool and young and attractive. Yeah, Hardys and... are a little more emo, and yeah. Edge and I was Christian say. are a little more conventionally pretty boy. Yeah. Other than that, you got it. Edge and Edge and Edge and Christian chop it. I don't know, Amber Crombie, Hardy Boys Shop at Hot Topic. That's about all you need to know. Yep. So they, as well as the Dudley Boys, have been revolving around the Tag Team Championships in the last month. But the Dudley Boys ended up getting the title match at the pay-per-view. And so Edge and Christian and the Hardys have have the number one contenders match. And so... Here's the thing is that is that what happened was Terry also hired the Acolyte Protection Agency to protect her in this match. That's uh John, that's Bradshaw and Farouk. Uh yeah. we've seen them on this show, but this also this month uh was when they debuted the gimmick of like what if 
we let people pay us to be bodyguards slash kick people's asses. Nice. So they're the Acolyte Protection Agency, and Terry hired them, and they're ringside the whole match. And it's a good thing she did, too, because she decided to turn heel on edge on uh, the Hardy Boys. She was Terry Runnels was their manager Uh. at the time. She turned on them and cost them the match. And so after the match, uh, the Hardy Boys try to uh, be like, hey, Terry, what was that? And so the APA beat him up. <laughs> oh, well, fuck you. They care about their protection. They they care about the money they're getting paid. <laughs> oh, yes, I forgot to mention, Viscera attempted to bot to do a body splash onto Mae Young, but was stopped. Great. Well, okay. Viscera, attacker of pregnant women. You know what? I'm comfortable with giving him that title. All right. Then we got the Dudley Boys versus the New Age Outlaws for the tag team titles. Oh, God. You know, the Dudleys are the Dudleys. We've explained them a couple of times on this. Yes, we have. They love putting women through tables and shit. That's their way to get heel heat. You ask yourself... (laughs) It can, it's not easy to be a heel team whose gimmick is we put people through tables because wrestling fans are a bunch of sadists who enjoy seeing that kind of violence. So how do we get people to hate us? I got it. We'll put, we'll attack innocent women. That's how we'll get people to hate us. It yeah. worked. It works for the Dudleys. It works for Pentagon Jr. and Lucha Underground. It used to work for heel Randy Savage way back when. Mm-hmm. And the New Age Outlaws are, you know, Billy Gunn and Road Dog. I mean, they're just very two very '90s guys. Billy Gunn is Mister Ass. He loves asses. Okay. Road yep, Dog is yep. just a dude. I, it's hard to explain Road Dog as a Look, character. Billy they're Ass techni- and the Ass Boys. They're technically mm-hmm. heels, but they also love doing their catchphrase. Then everyone loves chanting along to the catchphrase. Everyone so, loves yeah. those catchphrases. Everyone loves saying "suck it." What do you want me to say? <laughs> Will Jericho truly ever not be over if everyone's singing Judas? No, same thing with same thing with these motherfuckers here. Yep. And then the first match from No Way Out was Kurt Angle versus Chris Jericho for the Intercontinental Championship. Okay. Uh, basically, Jericho has had a recent face turn where him and China, you know, DX's former bodyguard. Yes. They were co-intercontinental champions. Oh, nice. Uh, China becoming the first woman to win a male's title, men's title in the WWF. Oh, well, you know, good for her. Yeah, and then they eventually reunite, they eventually fix that problem because, you know, you can't have co-champions. Lame. Well, not not for now, you can't. And Jericho was a big stupid asshole about it because he was a heel. But then, after the pay-per-view, the Hollies... Uh, who were who would uh, you know crash Holly the cousin of Bob Holly were was uh, the per other person in the Intercontinental title match the pay per view to determine who is the only Intercontinental title champion they were harassing China and Chris Jericho came to her defense and now Jericho and China are like friends so they're Jericho's a good guy now okay yeah sure and then why Kurt not? Angle is doing his early days Kurt Angle thing where he talks about he is an Olympic hero 
Uh, he's the three eyes. I need to quickly tell he's the three eyes: intensity, integrity, and intelligence. Integrity and intelligence. Well, I don't see any major problems with that. Okay. Basically, he is a good old wholesome boy who is admittedly also kind of an arrogant dickbag. But yeah, I've seen that one clip of him being like, I want to talk to you all about the wonders of virginity. <laughs> I think I've seen that one before. Oh, fuck. Basically, he is like, I'm here to bring class and honor to this great wrestling company. And of course, the crowd is like, boo. So. So Kurt Angle is the WWF as Sam Eagle is to Muppet Show. Sure, I guess that makes sense. <laughs> I believe this program needs to be conducted with class and dignity. Which is the American way. Yeah, exactly. And everybody hated him for it. Yeah, he... And so Kurt Angle, he beats Chris Jericho. Oh, I forgot. Best promo Kurt Angle's done this whole time. He's the European champion, and he's talking about how he needs to be intercontinental champion. And the reason for this is, is that before he became European champion, Europe was doing shit. The economy was bad. There was wars. It was terrible. But then he became European champion, and Europe is on the way up. And so he, your Olympic hero, is going to win the Intercontinental Championship and also fix America. <laughs> Kurt. Kurt. Buddy. Oh, no. The stock market, the Wall, Wall Street stock market was, was the Dow Jones was very <laughs> keeping an eye on whether Kurt Angle was the champion. Someone needs to learn the correlation or the difference between correlation and causation. <laughs> So yeah, Kurt Angle, he beat Chris Jericho, so now he is the European and Intercontinental Champion. Oh, the world cool. is saved! Yay! We did it, Kurt. We saved the world. Okay, so if you would like to, that is all for us in the build-up here. If you'd like to watch the episode of Raw that we are watching is, again, the February 28th, 2000 episode of Raw, you may do so at Peacock. Uh, that is the PeacockTV.com, uh, WWE streaming service partner, $4.99 a month with ads, $9.99 a month without ads. I say this a lot. <clears throat> and, you know, that is where you can watch the episode that we are going to watch right now. Hell yeah. See you in the back half where we discuss it more. Mm -hmm. And we are back. We have just finished the February 28, 2000 episode of Monday Night Raw, May Young Gives Birth. You know, I can't believe I'm saying this, but there was a there was an extremely disappointing shortage of May Young in that episode. I needed far more May Young per Raw. Than I'm, yeah, what man, I got. she gave birth in like 10 minutes. I think yeah. I, need, I needed more time. I needed, needed a lot needed more, more time. videos of this. Austin, needed more you, skits. Just, you just fucking subjected me to a random ass early 2000s episode of Raw for about 10 minutes of May Young. Why would you do this to me? Top 10 anime betrayals. I don't know. I thought the episode was decent. It was, I mean, it was, it was fine. It was it was a fine episode of Raw that I had extremely little context for, 
And I was like, all right, I want my Mae Young chaos now, please. And it just kind of didn't happen until, until like past the halfway point and happened for a total of about like 15 on screen minutes, if that. <laughs> oh. what, what can I do, really? Uh, give me more Mae Young. Give me more fucking Mae Young is what you can do. I didn't think the story had enough legs to go to, for us to do a real arc on it. And I well, maintain. No. I just. I just I just need more May Young in general. Hmm. We just did like a May Young comp episode. I'd be happy. All right. More May Young per podcast. Hmm. So should we go ahead and talk about May Young? We're just gonna go in order. I I let's just go in order. Like, give me something to look forward to at least. Again, sure, sure. the episode is fine, but like, eh. I'm, I'm yeah. here for the I'm here for the May. Yeah, all right. So we open with Raw as I put in my notes. Triple H and Steph promo. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. I'm interested in knowing why you say fuck to that because I have a very specific reason for saying fuck uh, uh, with with stuff like this. But why do you fuck to that? Because it, God, it is such a trope for them to open Raw with a 15 to 20 minute promo. Oh, okay. See. I see Stephanie show up and I go fuck because I'm like, God damn it, I don't want to hear slut chants right now. I'm not in the mood. Which uh to tie this into our last episode, we are Good once luck. again starting this episode with Triple H coming out to cut a promo, gloat about beating a guy he just beat at a pay-per-view, and get and promising to play a video to embarrass them. Pretty much, yeah. Nickels. Okay. We're all so many fucking nickels on this. And, and by that, I mean six nickels. nickels. Because I, that's not even worth the nickels because Triple H coming out to talk about how he just beat a guy at the pay per view is fucking. He did that a monthly. Okay, yes. But also, did he always have embarrassing video packages to go with it? No. Two nickels. We got six nickels, baby. Boston, we've made a solid 30 fucking cents in this episode. I consider that a major win. I guess. <laughs> So immediately they think. start with the asshole chance. I took note of that. Yeah, well, yeah, of course. Uh, also, shout out to the why um, I the sign of the audience said <laughs> just says seven foot five hundred pound barrel of monkey piss, which yeah, with no with no context. Just had oh, yeah, that's what the rock. That's what the rocks. Call, that's the rock. That's what the rocks been calling Big Show. Yeah, see, but I, I, you know that the audience, I had no context, so I'm just like, I'm just like, who the fuck is on acid right now and bringing and bringing random signs to Raw? Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh God! So I've uh, already given yeah. up the game here to make a reference. <laughs> uh -huh. um, that was unintentional. Uh, I've already given up this twist here. So, but. It op Triple H opens very uh, subdued and yeah. tries to suggest that he cannot gloat. That he was, he you'd think he's going to come out here and gloat about how he beat Mick Foley and he's still the champion, but he can't because he respects Mick Foley a lot. Respect mankind. <laughs> and Mick Foley has to retire now. And so he can't just be out here making fun of the guy. And Stephanie is just like, Trip Hunter, what are you doing? Of course we can do that. Yeah, she's a, <laughs> well, sweetie, 
Of course we can make fun of this of this very popular man who you just forced to retire. It's okay. <laughs> she got real mad about it too. It's very funny. Yeah. And then um, uh yeah. Triple H I put Triple H plays Foley tribute package actually played straight question mark. Yeah, that's I had I had do. that too. I had that too. Stephanie's mad that the Triple H is honoring McFoley and Triple H's video package is going to be a uh, see here here I went on a journey with this. Uh uh I I it was it was an it was a, a play in three acts in my note. Mm-hmm. Act 1. Triple H's video package is going to be a fucking dick move, isn't it? Act 2. Heartfelt music over Foley being a goofball LMAO, but I was thinking in my head like, "Oh, well maybe it is wholesome." Act 3. There it fucking is. Yeah, I wrote DX music hits, and there it is. Yeah, <laughs> and they, he's gone. They, yeah, they hit the hit the hit the tr- hit the D Generation X music. Also, they start showing clips of Mick Foley either getting beat up by Triple H or otherwise looking like a gross like buffoon. A, yeah, pretty, pretty. Yeah, yeah, real, real shocker there. Uh, also, shout out to the the Foley Forever sign. Uh, surprisingly prescient. Uh, mm-hmm. Always funny to watch these retirement episodes when the person does not, in fact, fucking end up retiring. Yeah, uh, no, we're uh, on. We're on. We're on. I think we're. I think we've done like three like false retirements by this point. So we and this Mark one's Henry even more and Roddy Piper and because Mick Foley is gonna main event WrestleMania. This I'll go like ahead and upcoming... tell you now that WrestleMania 2000's main event is Triple H versus The Big Show versus The Rock versus Mick Foley. So was this a was was the retirement a work? Yes. Well, okay. Mick Foley well, did want to retire, but then they were like, "We we want we want you for Mania, so get out back out there." God damn it! Oh yeah, false retirements. You gotta love them. Also, uh, I, I do have in my notes that shocker of shocker, the WWF fans did indeed fail the "Don't Call Stephanie McMahon a Slut" challenge. Impossible. Uh, they, they always do. They always, every, every time. There, there's a reason the challenge is. Stephanie is doesn't have to do anything ever. Yeah, to get Stephanie blinks. Okay. And but this Stephanie does decide to do something tonight, where she gets where after the video packages are played, they're laughing their asses off, and Triple H's like, ha. Sorry, you're gone from the WWF, Mick. Well, good. Now it's going to be a hundred times better. And then <laughs> Stephanie gets the mic for the first time and is like, "Is don't worry, Mick. Is Before they called you a fat, pathetic, miserable loser. Well, now they can call you a fat, pathetic, miserable, retired loser. Absolutely. Get, get his ass. Man, I love, I love these early 2000s burns that are so they they think they're so they all think they're so much cooler than they are holy shit mm-hmm. oh my god but then, uh but but yeah then then all of a sudden sh- fucking shane's music hits and out yeah they, hit, they play by they, big show. at this point it's shane's music and vince mcmahon's music so i actually ah. didn't know who was coming out at that moment but then out comes shane with the big show yeah and the audience mm-hmm. is off the bat treating shane kind of like a face which is um interesting to see it's a bit weird because he is also a he because it's very weird because he is explicitly pro vince and anti stephanie making him a face but big show is definitely a heel in this scenario in this larger story here 
even True. if he has a good point about how he did actually win the Royal Rumble, fuck you. The yeah. Rock, the Rock gets to be like you're a seven foot tall, five hundred pound pile of monkey piss. Shut up, you whiny little bitch, and that <laughs> makes him the babyface. And that makes him like the Rock. If you're as we've learned time and again on this show, if you're a babyface in the 2000s, you could get the fuck away with anything. Yeah. But Shane comes out with the big show, and he's there to run down Stephanie for pushing Vince out of the company. His his industry that he he really grew and how you broke Vince's heart. Mm-hmm. Okay. That that yeah, I'm sure. I was like, I'm I sure. sympathize with no, I sympathize with no male McMahon in this situation. I yeah, I'm fully on Stephanie's side. Actually, look, I Stephanie Stephanie is also sucks, but Jesus Christ, I will stand with her just despite all the dumb fucks who will dare who will call her a slut for daring to exist. Mm-hmm. And so Shane is here to put a stop to Stephanie. And he said, he's, he's talking about, he's, he was waiting for the right moment. He was going to call his shot. He was waiting for the right guy, okay. the right champion. Yeah. And he's like, not you, Triple H, the current world champion. And not, and he runs down the rock as self-righteous and, the ja- and an arrogant jackass. He's like, not that True. guy. True. He is, the, the right champion is the big show. Honestly, Note. I'm here for this. Mm-hmm. No, the Big Show is the only non-WWE former WWE champion in this scenario, in this story. <laughs> of course he is. He's the, he's the right one for the job. Yeah, he's great. Fuck you. And then they awkwardly stare at each other until the rock yeah. comes up. Yeah, for some reason it takes a weird amount of time for Rock's music to inevitably hit. They just kind of like stand there in awkward silence and you're like and yeah austin said it could i could not have been more apt than when austin just yelled line (laughs) but then out comes the rock to cut a promo and he starts with you know the rock is would like to congratulate the four of you not you shane mcmahon for coming back and helping the big show to win not you, Stephanie, for being the biggest tramp walking New York City. Yeah, fuck you for that, Dwayne. Yeah. The crowd slut shames Stephanie, and a big reason for that is because Chris Jericho and The Rock play into it a lot. Yeah, see, I, okay, I, I, I did write during Rock's promo here, just seriously, how the fuck was this guy so over? He could say the dumbest shit, but the audience just lost their minds as if they were hearing the divine words of the Messiah. Yeah, wait, the let's wait till we happening? get to the payoff to this congratulate thing, and I'll bring, and we can cycle back to that. Yeah, is, he's like, not you, Big Show, not because you beat me last night at the pay per view, and not you, Triple H, for retaining for still being the WWF champion. No. I'm congratulating the four of you for being the biggest group of assholes The Rock has ever seen. Yeah, thank you. That was great. Another another sick burn. Very clever. Good job. Yeah, but the crowd loses their shit. Yeah. Call them the biggest group of assholes. Yeah, and I think at this point, fucking Lawler goes, he can't say that and get away with it. And like, he he, he just did. Lawler, what are mm-hmm. you talking? He just He just did. He said that 
and he got away with it. What the fuck are you saying, you you ape man? <laughs> and then The Rock rambles some more. He talks, he says that he guarantees that, that he is going to WrestleMania. to WrestleMania. And he guarantees that he is going to walk out the WWF champion. The the guarantee was really was was what really clinched it for me. Like mm-hmm. like that that took some effort to say. It, it, you have to think about saying the phrase guarantee. That's the Rock putting in the work right there. You know, yeah. maybe he did all deserve all that players praise and adulation after all. And then Triple H, like a corny dipshit, <laughs> rebuttals with, "Oh hey Rock, this was an A B conversation." See your way out of it. Yeah, go fuck yourself. What was that line? Oh, man, I remember saying that in, like, high school and thinking I was clever. You actually said stuff like that? I couldn't yes. even... Oh, my God. Yep. Uh, I've definitely said that before. That... At least once. Oh, fucking Ohioans. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Uh, So, The Rock... So, at Triple H also, though he... And, and something that's actually funny yeah. is the as the asshole chance gets started up again. And yeah. Triple H interjects with, hey, The Rock is here for your entertainment. You shouldn't treat him like that. Yeah, you, you shouldn't call him an asshole. Which I was like, you know what? I appreciate that fucking Uno reverse card of a move on, mm-hmm. on Rock right there. Yeah, and the audience... Uh, the audience starts booing and, and, then he, and then he goes on to say that, hey, this is a conversation between a title holder and a title contender stay the fuck out of it and the audience is real mad and this is a big like why are you booing him he's right scenario like yeah this is correct rock is a pissy bitch who lost the fuck is he doing here yeah despite claiming that he isn't a whiny little bitch about being a whiny little bitch about losing he, he is, did come out here <laughs> he is very much being a whiny little bitch about losing mm-hmm but Triple H decides says that you know the rock is he need you need to work your way up from the bottom of the barrel, from the bottom of the ladder. It, I, I was like, are you gonna say the back of the line? You're you're not? Okay. Okay, sure. That's the most common expression for this situation, but all right. Yeah, well, well, who why why say normal things when you're on fucking WWF TV? You say dumb shit like this is an AB conversation. Why don't you see your way out of it? Okay. Yeah. So then he puts The Rock in a one-on-one match with New York's greatest claim to fame, the Brooklyn, the Brooklyn Brawler. Brawler. Fucking based. They hit their catchphrases, sort of, in that Triple H goes imitates the ragas if you smell what the game is playing which annoys me because that doesn't make sense you don't smell a game you 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 don't and then Shane awkwardly inserts his catchphrase of you you want a chance at WrestleMania well I'll tell you what kind of chance you got you got no chance in hell. Yeah. I do want to circle back around to the claim. You 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 don't smell games. Did I, no. did I hear that correct? I, I do want to circle back to that. That's that's no. not a thing you do. Oh no, you do not. Oh, okay. One more. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I All don't right. do that. Anyway. Um yes. also wait, I do want to shout out something. Like 
I've heard Triple H speak plenty of times, and like I've heard the Triple H impression voice, and Ugh. they haven't always Ugh. like lined up for me. This he he finally talked that way tonight. Like I finally heard it, like actually from him tonight, and it almost made it sound like he was doing an impression of like The Rock's own impression. I think that's him. what he was saying he was doing. Is he was? I think he was trying to mimic how The Rock says he talks. But even then. But even then, it was understated as fuck. Still, like he wasn't mm. like he wasn't going like he wasn't uh, talking like this. Uh, like the the us were still quite subtle. So I do kind of have to wonder where the hell the the like mimic voice of Triple H came from because it's the, the subtlest shit ever. And even when he leans into it, it's subtle as fuck. It comes from The Rock because The Rock emphasizes the us when he in imitates Triple H. Why the whatever? Okay, you know what? If it's if it's The Rock, that kind of makes sense. He just like does dumb shit like that, and it, and it just kind of gets over no matter how mm -hmm. like no matter how like legit it is. Okay, fair. Yeah. So we then cut to backstage. The eight, the acolytes are hanging yeah. out, playing cards, smoking cigars as they do. Yeah, and there's a and and uh, the Hardy Boys show up. Uh, through the fucking acolyte speakeasy door. Yes, the they have a nowhere. door. They have a wooden door on a frame, and they demand that you walk through the door, even though this is a big open backstage area. Yeah, you can walk around the door. It's why because they again because the acolytes demand that you do so if they're going to enter if you're going to try to do business with them. You got to go through the door. Why? What is the door for? It's a power move. Got to make him go through the door. That is that is a, uh, a weird power move, but okay, sure. So the Hardys show up and they're like, "Hey guys, what was that last night? Uh, we would like a match, please. We want to mm -hmm. settle this. We're not we're not gonna have a backroom fight brawl like you heathens." Bad. And uh, Ron and Farouk is like, "Haha, very funny. Sit your sit your asses down, go away." Mm -hmm. And so the Hardy Boys. Flip the card table. Yeah, we're not gonna have a backroom brawl five seconds later. Yeet! And they escape through the door, mind you. And yeah, <laughs> I guess the power move works, huh? And that is the a uh, they transition to the first match of the show. The Hardy well, Boys. Well, okay, they transition to an instant replay of like, or not a a post a post commercial, commercial replay break. of just all of that again. They felt mm -hmm. that was the most important thing that happened last time to, like, catch you up with. Okay. Yeah. So the Hardys, uh, Hardy boys come out, and they fight uh, the Acolytes. Ron, yeah. uh, Farouk, and Bradshaw. Yeah, uh, it, it's a match of Hardys, like, mostly get thrown around, but then kind of, like, in the last 30 seconds, they just kind of win. Yeah, that, that can happen sometimes. That happens sometimes. Okay. Yeah, they uh uh my uh my specific notes are about um they bring up that Bradshaw has a when I was on CNBC giving stock advice and he has a very uh prolific stock portfolio mm -hmm. which will be come back into play in a few years when he becomes John Bradshaw Layfield. Uh yeah, baby. Ugh. And so yeah, they they kind of the acolytes mostly kind of throw the Hardys around. I wrote Jerry Lawler boomer posts about Jeff's hair. Oh my god, I didn't even catch that. Cause, yeah, because Jeff Hart because Jeff Hardy has blue and purple hair. Oh and, no, 
Oh, and no. J- and Jerry Lawler is all offended at it. Guarantee you, in the year of our Lord 2022, Jerry Lawler's like on Facebook ranting about purple-haired SJWs. Probably. You little. But uh, the match ends when Matt, when uh, Jeff Hardy is able to blind tag Matt Hardy, and they kind of get the get any hit, and Matt Hardy just quick hits the twist of fate on Bradshaw and gets him for the one two three. Okay, goodbye. Okay, sure. Why? Whatever. Okay, we're leaving. Yeah. Uh, then we cut to fucking Kurt Angle backstage, John Silver memeing at some like backstage concierge about his two belts. Oh yeah, he's just rambling about like, hey, do you want to know which of these belts is heavier? Well, the Intercontinental Championship is actually six ounces heavier. And than then the it cuts European. commercial. Yeah. So the Kurt Angle comes out and does his usual spiel of like making fun of the local sports teams the way that he does things. His specific quote today was, unlike Daryl Strawberry, the only thing I'm addicted to is winning championships. Because Daryl Strawberry, Strawberry did cocaine. And he was a baseball player in New York. Dork. Square. Get off the stage. Fucking narc. Pretty much, yes. Uh, yes, that is the pro- thing with Kurt Angle. So Kurt, Kurt Angle, Angle is... Kurt Angle truly is the greatest heel of all by committing the greatest sin of all. Being a goddamn narc. Yep. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Fuck that Actually. guy. Actually. All my homies hate narcs anyway. Yes, so Kurt Angle issues an open challenge, the Olympic challenge for the European title. And out comes Rikishi. Rikishi. Man, yep. I'm getting a lot. We're getting a lot of Rikishi on this show. It's pretty sweet. You know what? For You talked about Rikishi a lot before. I'm glad it's finally paying off. Yeah. So match number two of the evening for the European title is Kurt Angle versus Rikishi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, it's kind of just a match for it's not super long. None of the match. A lot of the matches on this episode are not super long. Wow. Shocker. Fucking As I w- mentioned to w- David, they have nine matches on this show and you can tell that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, yeah. The fucking, the fucking backstage soap opera ethos. Fuck me. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so ridiculous how like nothing half these matches feel half the time. Yeah, but the it we hit to the end where Rikishi has got he hits the he hits uh a big splash in the corner and he's got Kurt Angle sitting there and he is setting it up and he hits he sticks his big fat stinky ass in Kurt Angle's face yep. he with the stink face and yeah. after that Kurt Angle is like you know what fuck this I'm leaving fuck actually also shout out to the wonderful insight on commentary of that's using all your assets and I started to type a please shut the fuck up to Lawler but I think that might have actually been JR no, JR said that god damn it JR yeah, JR, JR goes, that's using all your assets. Oh, shut up. Please, yeah. God. Stop. So Kurt Angle takes his belts and leaves, and he loses by count out officially because he, he cuts a promo saying that these people came here for a wrestling match. They didn't want to see Rikishi stick his ass in my face. Which is like Sean Spears being against the Powerbomb Symphony level of like, absolute delusion about what is and isn't over 
Yes. I I no. love I love I love heels just being like willfully blind to what's actually over. It's yeah, so no, baffling. Crowd very much wanted to see Rikishi stick his ass in your face. That's kind of the whole point. Hurt. We don't like but thank- Yeah, but thankfully Chris Jericho is here. Yeah. He oh, shows thankfully. Up. He shows up and he has the mic and he goes, "Now, Rikishi might have a big ass, but you, Kurt Angle, are a big ass. Fucking got him. Ha! And so he fights Kurt Angle and throws him back into the ring so Rikishi can hit the Rikishi driver and then the bonsai drop on Kurt Angle. Yep. And then the the radicals show up to attack Rikishi, but then they are saved. And then Too Cool shows up. Scotty shows up for counterattack. Neat. Yep. And after they send everybody away. Wait, second best part of the episode. Okay, here we go. It is. Is Too Cool pull out the shades to put on Rikishi so they can do their dance. But then as China and Jericho try to leave, and Sexay and Scotty Duhati are like, no, stay. No, no. And they pull out the yellow shades to give Jericho and China. Which I have to wonder if these shades are enchanted in any way. Because once the shades are on, Jericho and China both look just enthralled. Mm-hmm. And they all light up and they start fucking And they dancing. do a too cool dance. They all know it. They're all in sync. The the sunglasses tell them what to do. It's amazing. Yep, it is pretty sweet. It was awesome. I loved it. That was great. Everybody doing the two cool dance. I needed a lot more of that. If this episode were like just that and the May Young thing, I would have been quite happy. <laughs> just so, they, they start dancing in the background of, of May Young's like labor there there need to be more chaos to that clearly <laughs> yeah i needed so much oh we'll get to that anyway yes uh after that jericho and china are interviewed by uh mitchell cole as uh jericho, <laughs> as jericho yeah, for, calls him for the briefest of seconds before <laughs> grumble 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 noise noise it literally noise. just sounded like like every like the fucking dudes were coming in just going rabble, 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 rabble. that's literally what here, it sounded like it sounded comes, like they were trying to sound like fucking cartoon characters here comes the radicals specifically yeah. saturn i think saturn malenko and ben oh wait i get what's going on now they're like pokemon they weren't saying rabble, rabble, rabble. They, they were saying radical 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 <laughs> It all makes it. It's all coming together. Yes, they, it is. So the radicals, uh, Perry Saturn challenges Jericho, and China kind of accepts on his behalf, but it's not really clear whether or not the match is actually going to happen. It does. Yeah, uh, yeah, shocking. But you know, you never know on this dance. Then show. match number three: Edge and Christian. You think you know me? You think you know me? <laughs> Versus head cheese, which I forgot to mention about on the first in the front half. So, yeah, head cheese is Al Snow and Steve Blackman. Mm-hmm. Uh, Al Snow, as you might remember, if you don't, is he's got a mannequin head called Head, and his whole thing is that when he comes out, he's like, "What does everybody want?" And everybody head. chants "Head,", head. innuendo, uh-huh. massively over. And he's <laughs> tag team. he is in a tag team with Steve Blackman, who is like judo kendo stick guy. Who 
and no personality outside of that. Yes, he is very super serious, but they got put together as a tag team and worked together surprisingly well. So they just keep doing it, even though they don't really get along very well. (laughs) Part of why they don't get along very well is because Al Snow is like, dude, you're really boring. You got to get some personality. I got you got to get a gimmick. Yeah, Al Snow fucking doing a number from Gypsy over here. You gotta get a gimmick. Anyway. (laughs) So, the past several weeks, he has been coming up with random stuff for um, Steve Blackman to do. A personal favorite of mine is when he puts a Dracula um, cloak on him and he said, we can be head count. Albert. They're all of his, it's all stupid puns. Albert, why? Why why have you done this? But the thing is, is the thing that resonated the most with the audience to the point they chanted at them now, even though it's not their official name because Al Blackman didn't like it, is he took a cheese head, you know, like one of those things you see like Green Bay Packers fans with, just big old block of cheese as a helmet. And he puts it on him and he's like, we're head cheese. And yeah, that's somehow it's over. Also, what the fuck was Blackman's theme music? Oh yeah, he was trying to give him some like cool dance music to dance to to give him that's 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 newest attempt at getting some personality is to Mm. give Steve Blackman some cool jazz to dance to or something. And Blackman was like, This is stupid. I'm not doing that. Yeah, he didn't seem he seemed none too amused by that. Yeah, so they have their match, and Terry Runnels is coming on commentary to explain herself for betraying the being a real Jezebel. Yeah, and, and of betraying course, talking, the Hardy Boys. If we're if we're talking about failing challenges here, uh, Jerry Lawler insta fails the "Don't be a sexist creep" to, to Terry Runnels challenge, mega super duper impossible. Because he immediately puts his arm around her. He's like, oh, Terry's here. Oh! Yeah. He got, he's like, Jerry Lawler got hover hand. Yeah. The whole except, match. Except Terry kind of enables him. Like, she just kind of acts like she's into it. Which, no. Objectively incorrect. Stop lying to yourself and others, Terry, please. Heels be heels, I guess. But Terry tries to give the explanation on commentary that, you know, she just felt underappreciated by the Hardy Boys. Oh, and yeah. they're like, okay, sure, I guess. Uh yeah, why yeah, sure. I that 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 works. Lawler's too busy focused on her boobs, and JR's too busy focused on calling her a Jezebel. Oh really no, yeah, but... he calls her a she devil, which ah. uh, he tries to lean into and is like, I like I kind of like being called a devil. Oh, stop it. Which okay. That when we get to the end of the match, I do have to I do have to say, all you talk about how Blackman totally wasn't into like the dumb shit that Al Snow put forth for him, it's kind of confusing when Terry seems to just successfully taunt him by wearing the head cheese. Well, the thing is, is he's slowly kind of getting into it. Oh is my the god. payoff to this whole angle oh is that god. he does get into it by the end. Oh my god. Uh no he finally learns to loosen up or whatever the moral lesson that is supposed to be here character arcs he definitely has one but anyway yes we get to be the match is fine you know everyone involved is a pretty good wrestler so it's not like a bad to watch 
Yeah, it's short. Yeah. Uh, it ends when Terry Runnels, who came to the ring with a big old fucking bag, uh, she gets off commentary and pulls out of the bag the head cheese, the cheese yep. head. Yep. And she puts it on. And Terry and Steve Black was like, hey, hey, what are you doing with that? Yeah. Again, it works. I guess Steve Black really is slowly getting into it. Sure. Yeah, but they use that. E and C use that to get the distraction. Edge hits the spear. Blackman is pinned. Edge and Christian get the win. Bye bye. Yep. Uh, up next is match number four: The Rock versus the Brooklyn Brawler. Rock squashes Brawler immediately, and I'm salty. Yes. If you're unfamiliar, Brooklyn Brawler is one of the more famous jobbers in WWE history. So, God. lol, this match was only going to go one way. <laughs> I, it, like, like I said, Austin, watching Brooklyn Brawler fight is, is like watching Hades Town. Maybe, maybe it will turn out this time. You sit and hope that, that may, even though you know the outcome, you hope that maybe this time things will be different. But no, my boy continues to, 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 to get duded and it makes me sad. I would love more than anything to see brooklyn brawler get one over on rock holy shit that would be so funny so the rock wins and afterwards he gets the mic and he calls out triple h and is like you know what is is i'm i'm not ready to go back to my hotel i'm not ready to leave new york so triple h get your ass out here and it's not for a title match it's not for a number one contenders match i'm just gonna kick your ass yeah pretty much and Triple H obliges, and Stephanie's in tow. But then Shane shows up and kind of starts lampshading tropes of like, no, 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 you're not going to do this. We all know how this plays out. He's going to try to come for you, and you're going to accept it, and it's not going to end. And I'm like, yeah, Stephanie oh, and Shane hey, are there Shane to try to stop. The Stephanie and Shane are there to stop Triple H because they're like, yeah, he's going to like goad you into putting up your title. Yeah. And they, so they understand the meta. That. They, they know how to play the game, but nobody listens to them. Yeah, oh, this is a real Cassandra Truth moment here. <laughs> hey oh. And so the rock and so they don't fight. However, uh Triple A Rock does get back on the microphone and is and it does manage to kind of get what he wants in that he then goads the the McMahons by saying, you know, if WrestleMania is Big Show versus Triple H, then WrestleMania will absolutely suck. Yeah. Which, which JR takes offense to because he says a WrestleMania has never sucked. JR. Uh, JR. WrestleMania Funny. sucked the year prior. WrestleMania has sucked plenty of times. That, that it's it, it it will it didn't you also say it, it was gonna suck here it was gonna suck this year too? Mm, it WrestleMania two thousand is not a good WrestleMania now. Hey oh, uh, but Stephanie McMahon then decides that if Rock wants to make it into WrestleMania so bad, well he's gonna get one last chance. All he's got to do is either pin Triple H. Or pin the big show tonight in a one-on-two handicap match. Oh shit, buddy. And if he can do that, he will get his match at WrestleMania. Wow. 
And The Rock says, you sure you're on? Uh, it doesn't matter if this is my last chance at WrestleMania. He's going to win. And he's like, and then he goes, hey, Jabroni, here's the phrase. If you're some veil, what The Rock is cooking. Hey. That, that, yup. He's still, he's still very much over. Shocker. And the, he's definitely getting that match tonight. Also, shocker. Yeah. Yay. Then match number five, Chris Jericho versus Perry Saturn. Wait. Should have probably been the best fucking match of the episode. He should 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 have been. Also, wait. Is the last segment or this segment where the Nostradufus line comes in? He says it during this episode. He says it during this match when they're okay. talking about it. Okay. It should have been a really good match because both those guys are really talented. But it goes like two minutes. And they're just spending the whole episode, the whole match doing shtick. And yeah, the ass shenanigans. Darker. But okay. yes, as, as David alludes to on commentary, JR is just saying that he just really believes in his heart of hearts that The Rock is going to win the main event tonight. And Jerry Lawler calls him Nostra Doofus. <laughs> Which is like, God damn it, that was actually a funny line. Lawler! How dare he have a funny line for once. I don't like agreeing with it. Anytime I like like anything Lawler says, it's like that one Onion article is like heartbreaking. The worst person you know made a good point. Yep. Yep. Uh, but yeah, good but yeah, Malenko immediately interferes in China, yeah. and China, and there's so much fighting on the outside. And eventually, Jericho just hits the moon salt and wins. That's it. Yeah, That's I know. I was super hyped for this match, and it started off looking promising. And I'm like, these are two great workers. And then I kind of blinked, and it was over because there were shenanigans, and I was like. Okay, fuck. Yeah, that was a little sad. God damn it. See, this is why I'm like, why are we here? Because I, I can I I'm watching potential energy for an hour and a half, Austin. Uh, yeah. Sorry, pain. but not totally sorry. Pain. We're almost there. We're almost to the May Young. In the back okay, okay, in okay. the back, Degeneration X are just kind of talking about like their upcoming match later in the evening. But Billy or Billy gun, Billy ass has broken his arm or something. And he's in a sling is my point. Yeah. And DX shows up and is like, you know what? Actually, you're a little, little weak ass bitch loser. So we're actually going to kick your ass and throw you out. Yeah. Yeah. Triple H just kind of blows off DJ and X and beats up Billy ass. Hmm, okay. Yep. Throw him out. Okay. Bye bye. No, here, we, God, here we, go. we go. We're here. Finally. Mark, match number six, Mark Henry versus Crash Holly. Uh, immediate Henry. note is they has a sign in the crowd that says May Young, May Young Playmate, Playmate of the, of the decade. decade. That was so good. I agree wholeheartedly. May Young, Playmate of the Century. I know it was only the start of the century, but fuck it. It's right. Mm-hmm. She was the playmate of the 20th century. She, I'm pretty sure she was born when it started in 1900. Hey, oh, that stands. So, uh, the match is pretty short. Yeah. Because Mae Young, who I'm going to reemphasize here, is supposed to be pregnant. In theory. We'll get to that. <laughs> She's supposed to be pregnant. And she's like, I want to do the splash like my boyfriend Mark Henry does. <laughs> and so she splashes Crash Holly. Unfortunately, this somehow induces labor. labor. 
Her water has broken. Splash to crash Holly. I need to share my notes from this segment because because it I again another roller coaster. Because I see the sign and I just type out in all caps May Young play me of the decade. True. And then blah, I just put God I love May. And then enter tab. Wait, did May just fucking induce labor on herself with that body splash? Enter tab. What? Enter tab. What? Enter tab. What? Enter tab. What? Yeah, you what? gotta do what? that for the rest of the segment, really. I I just... <laughs> the, what the fuck did... What? Uh, and again, keep in mind, she got her pregnant belly sat on last... Well, the body splash. Yes, Viscera did time. the splash. Yeah. And Viscera is 500 pounds. He splashed her a week ago, and that but apparently that did nothing. I guess it takes two splashes. To induce labor. Very good to know. Great. I also I do have to shout out. I wasn't I didn't really think about this till you said it, but I do have to shout out that like for once, shout out to WWF for really catering to the female gaze in that Mae Young is living every like old woman's dream of getting to be on the arm of a cute young guy and being able to be like, This is my boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Like every 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 like sweet old lady jokes about that shit and every sweet old lady like joking or like secretly pines for that shit. And Mae Young is just living that dream for all the geriatrics who watch, who watch uh raw to be like, that could be me really got a kudos to Vince for really catering to a diverse audience. You've done, you done good, buddy. Mark Henry plays it straight. Of course he does. He Mark Henry's the fucking best. And of course he wasn't going to let these Dumb gimmicks make him leave the company. Fuck you, Vince. Mm-hmm. So she is taken out by an EMT who I am very suspicious of, as we'll get to in a second. Yeah. I don't trust this guy as a medical professional. Hmm. But he they gurney her out, and the match just kind of ends at that. Yeah. And we cut to commercial, back for commercial. And they are like wheeling her through the hallway, and eventually this EMT dude is like, "No, she's not going to make it to the hospital. Just, just put her in here." And it's like, "What? Wait, hold up. What? How do you know she's going to give birth in like ten minutes? I know she's going to do that because I've seen how the segment goes. But how do you know that? Look, he's he's such a professional that all it takes is one look, and he knows. He understands." Either that, or it's just we got to we got to throw in the most urgent soap opera uh, dialogue ever. But uh, well, it couldn't possibly be that. But she, along with the fabulous Moolah, Gerald Briscoe, Pat Patterson, and Mark Henry, all run into a room together to like help her give birth. And we will come back to that after the next match. Okay, so that was Pat Patterson. I wasn't entirely sure, but of course... Yeah, Pat Patterson and Gerald Briscoe. Yeah, they're all part of that squad. I shouldn't be surprised. The old people who are still around to do comedy bit squad. Yeah, you know what? The best squad. They are... Name a better stable. All fucking wait. Bullet Club? No. Old old folks doing comedy skits on on Raw. That's, That's the true winner right there. It's like oh, a yeah. bad. It's like it's like a wor- It's like a bad episode of the Golden Girls. I think you mean. I think you mean a very good episode of the Golden Girls. I think it's what you meant to say. Uh, anyway, moving here. on. Next match: Taz versus Chris Benoit. 
another one that could have been promising, but then shenanigans happened all over the damn place, too. I specifically wrote a bunch of stupid nonsense happens. See, I specifically wrote Eddie Guerrero shenanigansing all over Taz and Benoit's mat. And then below that, and now it's just dot 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 madness. Yep, eventually the big boss man shows up to hit Taz with his nightstick. Sure. And was was this a no DQ match? Did I miss that? No, it ends in a DQ. Oh, okay, sure, why not? And then Boss Man and Prince Albert attack Taz, and Taz kind of fights him off long enough to hit uh, the big boss man with the Taz mission, aka the Katahajame, aka the Red Room. If you're a, a, hey, a hooker, send. If you're a hooker, send a hook. Uh, but then Albert saves the day, and then Big Boss Man gets a chair and hits Taz with a chair, and that's it. I uh, don't care about any of this because they because don't. Care now we got to go back to May Young giving birth, and of course Moolah's here too. Because why the fuck wouldn't Moolah be here too? Moolah's here to be the voice of reason when May Moolah's Young here does to be the goddamn things. midwife. She is, and it's a good role for her to have it because really May is. Young, her she is like freaking out. And she goes and tells Gerald Briscoe to go get her a cigar. Yeah. Yeah. And so, then he leaves and does it. Yeah. And he comes back and Pat Patterson pulls out a lighter and lights it. Yeah. She's yep. currently giving birth. And yeah. And Hula's over here like, Hula's over here like, yeah, you gotta push, honey. Push, push it out. Come on, May. Push it. And May's push. fucking lighting up. What the hell? And 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 she she can't get it out. She's going, ah, 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 ah. Just <laughs> and, and and they can't get it out. And and Briscoe, They're making way I think, too much. Goes, Briscoe I got goes, I got before we get to the punchline, I got a couple more notes to make here. Is they're making way too many. Like, ooh, this is so gross stuff from the guys who in the front. Like oh, Henry God, and the EMT yeah. guy. But they, the EMT guy makes the question, when would you last have your period? And May Young is like, oh, about 1957. <laughs> so May Young did that. <laughs> May Young had her menopause in her mid-30s, apparently. <laughs> Ah, ah, ah. Well, that's actually that's actually uh let's actually time that one out for a second yeah okay in, in 1957 she was 34 you know what what a time what it time the, the, it was a different time austin when, when it, it was a different time in which women hit their menopause in their mid-30s I and, guess. St- and still and still had the fucking gumption to give birth after the fact. Sure. <laughs> then I wrote a fart joke, really. Because at one point there's a fart. And they're all like, ooh, gross. Yeah, of course but they then are. But they're fart. struggling to get the baby out. And, they are, oh my god. Briscoe, Briscoe goes and he's like, he's like, and he goes and grabs something and he comes back and he's like, well, this worked. And it, they're trying really hard to play it off as forceps, 
But then it's got a fucking like Allen wrench or whatever, monkey they wrench. Do. They do. They got a fucking like. They got a fucking like hit like not like a one of those. Clip, I don't really know what the hell they're called, but there's one of those like yeah. clamp wrenches that you can like adjust. And they're trying to really, really hard to make it look like forceps, but it's clearly not. And I'm like, you're going to mutilate this fucking baby. Well, I guess that might make the next part make sense, wouldn't it? But, yeah. Okay. That was my thought. They make a bunch of. They add a bunch of sound effects that are. Very obviously sound effects. Yeah, yeah. But eventually, they, they're like cartoons here. They're they're like yeah. the cartoon stretching sound, like the like. like yeah. What are you doing? What is this? Segment? But eventually, they pull out the child. They pull out a hand, a, hand. a singular hand. And the rest of the bit of the segment is Gerald Briscoe is being like, hand? What? Yeah. I think, they say, I think they say, give her a hand. And everyone just kind of says, Pat says, oh, give bit. her a hand. And they start clapping. And then they cut the bit. What was that? What the fuck did we watch? Okay, I, I can give you the explanation for this one. In that, Vince McMahon personally uh, wrote this joke oh you because... see here's the thing here's the thing all you needed to say were the two words vince mcmahon and it instantly made sense because vince mcmahon personally thought the idea of may giving birth to a hand was funny <laughs> his of writers course. asked he came up with this he wrote this bit and his writers asked him to explain why a hand and vince's answer was <laughs> It's a hand. <laughs> Sage wisdom from from Wrestle Daddy Vince McMahon. What? Also, you know, we give George Lucas so much shit for being an incompetent boob who surrounds himself with yes men to enable his dumb ideas. And yet, we let Vincent K McMahon slide because reasons despite the fact that he does all of that shit 10 times worse because this is exactly how the fucking katie vick thing was born too why do we keep letting vince do this is he thought this mannequin humping shit was, was a good funny. idea he thought it was personally funny and that's all we goddamn needed apparently <sighs> so yes this is the infamous moment where may young gives birth, birth to a fucking hand to a hand okie dokie then and in fact 12 years later the at raw 1000 they make a joke about this where they have a guy dress up in a giant hand costume and present himself as may young's son I'm sorry, what? what? Yes. Why? What a deep cut. Why would you do that 12 years later when fucking nobody's guaranteed to remember this random ass oh, bit? Oh, no. Oh, no, David. This is one of the most infamous moments in Raw history. Everybody remembers Mae Young giving birth to a hand. <laughs> what? Okay. If that happened in 2012 and they called back to it in the year of our Lord 2022, I would get it. That is like ripe timing for internet memory. How the fuck 
did people hold on to this long enough for it to be a meme despite the fact that it happened in 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 2000 holy shit because WWE also like to keep bringing this up for comp bring it up is is hilarious Vince is really proud of this joke isn't he 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 I think Vince I think this is Vince's magnum opus joke I think this is his I think this is Vince's magnum opus in his mind period Forget the fact, forget every other like thing he's done, every other moment he's helped create. This this right here, May Young's hand child is his <laughs> Oh my god, this I fucking hate wrestling, dude. <laughs> Man, I have just been giving you some stinkers recently. Yeah, fuck you. Huh. Katie Vick and May Young hand back to back. I will say. As I've, I think, already said, Katie Vick has, like, desensitized everything else. So I'm more, like, bewilderedly amused by this. But still, what in the name of Mike? Anyway, after seeing that, Dudley Boys. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> wait, wait, hold up. I'm sorry. I just looked up the fucking Mae Young something what is that hand okay i don't i should not i didn't say it was a good hand costume now did terrors i'm going to have night terrors for years now (laughs) austin tell me the tell me may young's grown-up hand son can't hurt me he may young's grown-up hand son can't hurt you i don't believe you okay well may young is dead now so we're never gonna see that hand again so you don't worry you don't need to worry about it that means he's just on the loose and we don't know his whereabouts. I guess. That's even scarier. Oh, God. Oh, no. Ah, ah. Well, you know, they have the Hanson's father in AEW, so I think maybe Wait! what we no! should do. Someday, someday, it's going to be an episode of Rampage and and Mark Henry's going to be interviewing the, the two the two people involved in the final match and he's gonna start to say it's time for the main event and all of a sudden he just kind of starts like uh, and topples over and the hand son rises up phone and thumb going it's time for the main event give it a hand folks and then we all just like die (laughs) and then thankfully it is at that moment where the world ends and we yeah. all die. Yeah, universe heat death is reached, climate change reaches its apex, and we all just spontaneously combust. The and end. we thus never have to consider that moment ever. You know again what? I'm not surprised all at all by May Young, by by May Young's hand son actually being the harbinger of the apocalypse. I'm not remotely shocked. Mm-hmm. That makes perfect sense to me. It's like giving birth to the anyway. Times worse. Dudley Boys. Oh God, sure. Match eight of the show: the Dudley Boys versus Road Dog and X Pac uh, for the tag titles. I wrote <laughs> Bubba Ray orgasms to tables. Tori yeah. is a Jezebel and deserved Kane hitting her with a tombstone. Ah uh, yes, because of course Jr. had to say the word Jezebel at least once because we he, yeah he was there is duplicitous he was really woman. Trying, he was really trying to put over Tombstone Tory because Kane hit her with a tombstone and apparently and she's in a neck brace now, but uh, it's okay 
because Kane is the good guy. So it's fine. You can get away with anything if you're a baby face in the early 2000s. And yes, of course, uh, JR says that Bubba Ray gets orgasmic pleasure. Oh, putting uh, anybody... I believe what it is. But Bubba Ray, it gets in a euphoric, almost orgasmic state when That's he's going to put someone through a table. I guess. Yep. So as I put it, Bubba Ray orgasms to tables. Yeah. New... <laughs> Him and, him and him and Sean Spears need to get together and kind of work out their issues on this because <laughs> John Spears is the chair pervert and Bubba Ray's a table pervert. I feel like together they would just have the most fascinating orgies. Well, also, no more thinking of that. Also, why do the Dudley? Why are the Dudley boys the ones who keep getting the fucking lore drops? Because they just keep saying things about the Dudley boys that are absolutely insane. Yeah, and they uh, and they've abs- they've actually created two of the most like just interesting characters on the entire roster just by adding shit that's apparently canon to their lore. What? So so the Dudley boys could just kind of become the main characters of Raw if they wanted to, and it's by deep deep miracle that they never fucking did. Yep. So uh, the match is a whole lot of whatever until X-Pac gets in. Is that yeah. Anything? Oh, yeah, that's the best part. I literally, like, write in my notes, finally getting X-Pac in the ring. Thank you. And then he's in there for about 10 seconds before goddamn Shane Kane shows up to murderize and everything falls to shit. Yes, X-Pac um, gets in there to hit the Bronco Buster on Bubba Ray, which, if you don't know what that is, it is where X-Pac uh, aggressively shoves his 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 uh his uh cock and balls in your fa- into the face of a guy in the corner it's like a reverse stink face as i put it xbox starts teabagging bubba ray yeah cool and then kane shows up and kicks everybody's ass <laughs> except xbox because we're still we're still getting to the xbox beating but he choke slams road dog then he choke slams both the dudleys working his way there he'll be there soon yeah. enough and then we get an actual mick foley tribute video yeah shows the highlights of his career the ups and the downs it's, it, was, it was very sweet i again weird just always weird to see these tribute videos when you know motherfuckers coming back that's mm-hmm. oh man hindsight's a bitch but but you know whatever at the time it was very it was, i'm sure it was very touching yeah yeah i mean Good to see Mick Foley getting the love he deserves. He is a wonderful boy, and he actually gets some of the some of the like adulation he so desperately deserves. So mm-hmm. good, good on you for that, I guess. Even though the fact, even though you immediately dragged his ass back for Mania, but hey, yeah. Mick Foley main eventing Mania that's still kind of that's I don't pretty know. sweet as well. Complicated feeling. If you will. It is the Big Show and Triple H versus The Rock in our main event. And it sure goes well for The Rock. <laughs> uh, yeah, it kind of plays out the way you probably expect it to. Well, Rock, it mostly does. Most, like, let's, let's not get to the ending yet. I know, but, I know. But, <clears throat> but, you know, the main body of the match, so to speak, is, you know, The Rock... Is kicking ass as best he can, but it's still a two-on-one against two guys who are top guys in their own right. Mm-hmm. So 
It's not easy, but eventually The Rock starts beating ass. He knocks everybody down, and then he hits Triple H with the with the with the peep with the uh, peep with the uh, the rock bottom. Wow, Jesus! And he sets okay. up he for the people's elbow. He's got he's he, the crowd is going crazy. He throws the the armband into the crowd. He runs and runs and he hits the people's elbow. It's over. A one, a two, a three. Except Shane McMahon also gets that it. it's over. So he runs in and attacks The Rock. DQ yeah. win for The Rock. Fuck you. Yeah, that's the best part. He goes for the pop on the people's elbow, hits the people's elbow, effectively gets the pin, except he wins by DQ because fucking Shane McMahon runs in and just and just bodies him for some I am reason. A little, I am a little curious how they play that then next week, actually. I imagine is whether they, is whether they argue he didn't pin him. Triple so H looked none too pleased. Mm-hmm, like... Are they gonna make The Rock do something else, or are they gonna be like, actually, it's a DQ win, dumbasses? The Rock won the match; he's in the main event. Yeah, fuck you. Oh well, see, here's the thing. I was thinking about this when you mentioned it earlier because when they issued this this challenge halfway through the show to The Rock, they did specify that The Rock could get in by pinning one of them, which he right very technically didn't do. He did not pin him. He won by disqualification. Yeah, yeah. I do wonder if they'll be smart enough to play with that language. Okay, that's what you meant. Yeah, yeah, I do yes, wonder. That's what I meant. It's like, are they okay. going to be, is it going to be like a, mm, yeah, I said you had to pin him, Rock. You didn't count. Or are they going to be like, mm, it kind of counts because he, he won the match. I, it's going to go one of two ways. Probably mm-hmm. the, probably the second way I'm thinking. It's either going to be like, you know, they try to pull one over on The Rock, but someone lets The Rock get away with it anyway. Or they demand a, a rematch and Rock is like, sure, fuck you, and he gets it clean this time, whatever. Yeah, but regardless, the mat- the show ends with the Shane and Triple H and Big Show beating Rock's ass. And Show hits a choke slam on The Rock and gloats at him that he's going to go to the main. He's going to be in the main event of WrestleMania. And that's it. Yep, the end. Yep, that is the end of the show. So, yeah. a a a one a bit of a one moment show this was. Ah, nah, nah, nah. Two moments. How could you ever forget? How could you ever fucking forget the the incredible, the the deeply emotionally affecting flash mob between Too Cool Rikishi, China, and Jericho. That's true. That's pretty yeah, sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two moments. Excuse you. That mm-hmm. was great. And I will never see anything in wrestling better than that. Yeah. Otherwise, and then you know, May Young gave birth to the Holy Terror. Ah. Gave birth to a hand. Well, I told you we were getting the one exception to this rest to this wrestling pregnancy shit, and here we are. That sure is a way to do it, I guess. The whole angle was weird to me because May Young doesn't act. Like she's pregnant as they didn't even give bit. her a bump. And she doesn't look pregnant. They, they don't. She they don't give her a bump or anything. They're just like, yeah, she's pregnant. Yeah. So what? Very I tell don't, don't show about yeah, this so one. Do they do anything with this angle afterward? Or do they just no. they absolutely never talk about this again? So they did this whole shit and then they just don't bring it up again, except for like memes down the line because it got famous. Yes. Then what the fuck? This was all for a single dumb joke, Vince. Are you shitting me? Yes. 
Vince it McMahon was all for the bit, for the joke. I hate wrestling. I deeply <laughs> hate wrestling. Well, I will attempt next time. We will attempt to get you to love wrestling again. Ugh. Because next time we will be returning to the AEW Women's Eliminator Tournament. Oh, we promise. Please, we have finished no the first round for both the Japanese side and the American side. Next time we will cover the second round. Ugh. Okay, okay, I can do that. I think I can fall in love again. I think I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> Until then, David, hit our plugs. Yes, sir. All right, my friends, my dear, dear friends. Thank you all so much for once again joining us on yet another episode of the Noobs and Knockouts podcast. We are so delighted to have you here. If you are a returning listener, viewer, what have you, thank you so much for once again welcoming us back into your eardrums, your eyeballs, whatever you use to consume our content. We are so Glad you're here. Uh, if you are a first-time listener, viewer, what have you, welcome, welcome, welcome. We here at the Noobs and Knockouts podcast like to think we are friendly to both noobs and knockouts alike. So whether you are a longtime wrestling fan or brand new to this whole wild, wacky world, we hope you feel welcome here. We hope everything feels accessible. We hope you've had a good time. We hope you want to continue to have a good time with us many, many, many weeks down the road. If you would like to continue to have a good time with us and you're not entirely sure how to do so, not to worry, my friends, I have you covered. First of all, you can find us on YouTube. We are the Noobs and Knockouts podcast on YouTube. Hit subscribe, ring that bell, make turn turns like, uh, sure, turns a nice little salad color so you get notifications every single time we drop a brand new episode. Like, comment, subscribe, check out our playlist, add us to your playlist. Uh, uh, we do have all of our uh, eras and companies, etc., that we follow all broken down to these lovely little playlists so you can kind of follow things around without having to jump around. It's great. And of course, in more recent episodes, you can see our lovely, lovely faces added to it. Our wonderful, sexy, brand new VOD that looks all cool and actually kind of like professional and fancy. It's great. So be sure to check us out on YouTube if you like using your eyeballs to consume the Noobs and Knockouts podcast. If you are an audio-only fan, however, don't you worry. We have you covered there, too, because you can listen to the Noobs and Knockouts podcast on three of the best places to find your podcast. Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. Check us out there. Like us. Download us. Rate us, review us. I know Spotify recently added a rating system. If you can drop a five-star rating there and anywhere else, uh, just let people know, hey, these guys are pretty dope. The, we think more people should listen to them. I don't know. Just saying. Greatly appreciated. Come check us out on those platforms as well. If you would like to get in contact with us past just listening to our wonderful Dose of Tones week after week, there are three main places to do so. First of all, of course, is our Twitter. You can find us on Twitter at Noobs and Knox Pod. That's at Noobs, the letter N, Knox Pod on Twitter. Come say hi to us over there. Uh, we we do tons of stuff over on the Twitter. We drop dank memes. We engage with wrestling fandom discourse. We interact with all your favorite stars and all the other podcasts and all that good stuff. And of course, the highlight. Oh oh, and of course, we drop. We post every single we every single time we drop a new episode. So you guys know what the hell's going on. Ooh, I'm out of practice. Uh, and of course, uh, the highlight of our Twitter for real this time. Uh, weekly wrestling live tweeting my friend what is on the docket coming up as usual every wednesday night at tbs on on 8 p.m eastern is aew dynamite both me and david are actually watching that live yeah, uh i usually do the live tweeting when i'm an unavailable as i have been for the last several months it's gonna be my first live dynamite in quite a few in quite a while austin was um, in a play he was really good <laughs> i was uh, <laughs> Is I uh, is as David will fill in for me when available. Uh, but in addition, we also I also cover AEW 
WWE and Impact Wrestling pay-per-views. So, uh, upcoming is WrestleMania 38 uh, on April 2nd and April 3rd. Uh, I'm also going to say right now, I don't know if I'm going to commit to this and maybe saying it on the podcast will make me think about it. But Mm -hmm. also, if you don't know, there are a shitload of indie shows that take place on WrestleMania weekend. People piggybacking off of WrestleMania weekend and the fact that suddenly these big cities are now have like 70,000 more wrestling fans in it. (laughs) And they're all pretty fucking sweet. And so I intend to watch some of those indie shows that that weekend. And um, if I may talk about a few of them, maybe even live tweet some, keep a thought on that one. But for WrestleMania itself, night one, April 2nd. So we have Charlotte Flair versus Ronda Rousey for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair for the Raw Women's title. Rey Mysterio and his son Dominic versus The Miz and Logan Paul. Yeah, that's a weird one. Not even the only celebrity match on the show. Uh, Drew McIntyre versus Baron Corbin. All right. Okay. Uh, the Usos versus Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boogs. Okay, that, that actually does sound tag dope. team title. Yeah, that's that actually does sound pretty fucking dope. It's gonna be sweet. Then April third, so far we have Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns in a title for title winner takes all match. Yay! Yeah. Uh, a triple threat match for the women's tag titles is Zelina and Carmella take on Sasha Banks and Naomi. As they and Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan. Interesting. Okay. Uh, then we have Johnny fucking Knoxville, Knoxville. versus Sami Zayn. Yep. That feud has actually been kind of insane and <laughs> entertaining because Sami Zayn's a really good guy, really good entertainer. So yeah. you know what? Not bad. He's really, he's really bought selling it. If anyone can make Knoxville and WWE work, it's Sami Zayn. Yep. Pat McAfee, SmackDown commentator and former NFL kicker, taking on Austin Theory as a proxy for Vince McMahon. And, and then Edge versus AJ Styles. That's just going to be sweet. Yeah, that'll be and pretty And in addition, dope. we have RK Bro, that is Randy Orton and Riddle, in a tag team match for the Raw tag titles. They haven't determined the opponent yet. And I'm sure there will be more matches added as the weeks continue Seth Rollins on. Is- probably going to be doing something and i feel like oh yes i forgot is that is that uh the ko show has been announced where ko kevin owens is going to have a talk show segment with stone cold steve austin because kevin owens has been talking shit about texas so i can already tell you how this is going to go yeah huh i wonder i wonder and they keep swearing that the plans are that seth rollins is going to wrestle cody rhodes and is he gonna fucking have it? I don't know, man. Adrenaline and my soul. Still no plans on Cody Rhodes. That's better than what I was thinking. So good job. Hey, that's WrestleMania 38, and I'm I took all that time for that one because I really don't have as much to say about the other stuff. Yeah, so it's Impact enough. Wrestling. Their next pay per view is April 23rd at Rebellion. Uh, they only have two matches so far. Uh, it is Moose versus Josh Alexander for the Impact Championship. That'll be pretty sweet. And Trey Miguel versus Austin Aries versus a, po- a someone to be determined for the X Division title. That's going to be really cool. Uh, also, we're going to talk about uh, match sh- pay- shows that 
that um, are during happening WrestleMania weekend to keep an eye on is Impact Wrestling is doing the multiverse of matches. Oh, shit. Where buddy. they are trying to do like cross company matches only. And that's going to be really cool. Fuck. That's going to be cool. I don't have the card for that pulled up immediately, but I'm that's just hawking shit for Romania weekend. And then AEW just did Revolution, their most recent oh, paper. Yes. So their next so favorite is May 29th, double or nothing. So I obviously don't really have anything for that, except to say that they've already announced that they will be doing a Owen Hart Memorial Cup tournament for both the men and the women. And both of those tournament finals will be at double or nothing. Fucking yes. I'm so hyped. Yep, And that is what is coming up on the wrestling Twitter. Hell yeah. So be sure to check all that out. It's a great mm -hmm. time over on the live tweeting. Uh, Austin's obviously great with, with his, with his live tweeting. He's the knockout after all. He's very funny, very insightful. I take the reins. I'm just kind of like shooting the shit, doing my usual color commentary that I do on the show. I am the noob after all. Either way, I like to think he and I are both delightful people to spend your time watching mm -hmm. wrestling with. Uh, so regardless, we hope you guys join us over there and have a great time at Noobs and Knox Pod on Twitter. Then, of course, there is our email address. If you want to get in super-duper direct contact with us, come directly say hi. You can email us at noobsandknockoutspod at gmail.com. That's noobs, the word and this time, knockoutspod.com. Come say hi. Tell us what you think about the show, what you like, what you don't like, things you want to see more of, less of, suggestions, requests for eras, companies wrestling tangential media things in general whatever we just want to hear from you come yell at us for our hot takes or tell us that you listen to our sweet dulcet tones lull you to sleep every single night whatever it is we love hearing from people we love people saying hi we would love to say hi back so if you want to just come talk to us come come hang out noobs and knockouts pod at gmail.com and of course finally there is our patreon account we are also the noobs and knockouts podcast on patreon $1 a month gets you early access to episodes and a shout-out at the end of each episode. See y'all next time. Hasta luego.